What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to the Mindset Podcast. Today, we have the one and only Dwight Taylor Sr. in the house. He is best known as the encouragement expert because of his genuine heart to help, serve, and encourage others to live their life to the fullest. He is a number one Amazon best-selling author, TED Talker, and award-winning professional communicator who has been seen and heard on Showtime, Fox, CBS, BET, and ESPN. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Let's get it. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Mindset Podcast. Today, we are joined by Dwight Taylor Sr., the one and only encouragement expert, TED Talk speaker, and award-winning communicator. Dwight, without further ado, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm excited about it. I know this is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be amazing. I put words together, phenomenal, amazing. So uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Gabe, you forgot to mention that he's a rapper too. And I heard Dwight, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that you're going to do a little freestyle for us right now. I don't know if that's true <laughs> uh, or not. I think you heard wrong on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh. seriously, Dwight, and I found this out just a couple days ago while do doing my research on you, Dwight. You're a rapper. I, I listened to your song, One Way Turn Up. That's a yeah. hype song, man. We're going to have to put that for our, our hype song that we have for the podcast. Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. That's awesome. Uh, so we have a warm-up questions for you. We have two warm-up questions for you just to get you started and to have our viewers get to know you a little bit better. Um, so the first question for you, Dwight, is what is your favorite sport? As you can see behind me, and Gabe also has his trophies in the back, we are big-time basketball guys. We played ball back in high school, so no pressure, but I hope it's basketball. What's your favorite sport? So here's how I'll say it. My favorite sport is basketball at the time, but uh, my, my first love is baseball. I started playing baseball when I was five years old, played all the way until I got into high school. Probably don't have any regrets in life, but if I had one regret, it would be that I didn't continue to play baseball. Mm. And I could still play right now, man. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, who, who is number one? I, I've been playing basketball the majority of my life, coaching basketball, uh, Sacramento Kings named me their junior NBA coach of the year. So basketball is in my veins, man. I yes, saw sir. that, yeah. That's, that's awesome. But I'm a sure. warrior, though. Just let that be known. I'm a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Hey, we're Miami guys, so we're, we're rooting for the heat down here, man. We're rooting for the heat. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Second question, uh, Dwight, we've been following you for quite some time now, and from what we see on social media, from some of your talks, some of the podcasts that you've been on, you have an insane morning routine. Uh, why don't you walk us through that? Like, what, what's a kind of, you know, a morning routine on a, you know, on a daily basis for, for Dwight uh, Taylor? For sure. So um, my alarm goes off at 3.30 a.m., Monday through Friday. Wow. After that, I walk downstairs, go and, and jump into my reading. Right now, I'm reading a book by a guy named Mark Batterson called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, one of my favorite books, so I'm rereading mm -hmm. that book. I'll read from about 3.40 to 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, I find something else to read and take some notes in until about 4.30. 4.30, I go to my family room. I hit my knees. I pray for about 20 minutes. 4.50, I start checking a few emails, checking social media. Five o'clock, I'm out in the garage working out, getting my workout in until about 5.45, 5.50, uh, stretch a little bit, then I go for my morning walk. I get my grateful vibes in. If you've been following me, I do something called grateful vibes only every day where I share one thing that I'm grateful for and encourage other people to do the same. And so usually get back to the house about 6.15, 6.20, 20, I'm over here here doing my social media posts. So I knock out between 620 and 7 and 645. I'm knocking out what I'm posting 
at 9, at 12, at 6, and at 9. So I'm, I'm getting that done right there in the morning. 6.45, my alarm goes off. I run upstairs, make the bed for my wife, um, knock out making the bed, wash my face, do all that good stuff. 7 o'clock, my next alarm goes off. I come back downstairs, and I start writing in what I have called the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. And it's just an opportunity for me to set my intention for the day. Shout out to my... Uh, to my people over there at Rebel and Create who created the journal, but it's a way for me to set my intention as a father and um, do that till about 7.30. 7.30, I make sure I set my agenda for the rest of the day. Eight o'clock, I'm off and running with my day. Wow. So what you're telling me is when the average American wakes up at 8, 8.30 in the morning, you're running I'm circles around that. four and a half hours in. I'm already four and a half hours in already. Wow. Um, yeah. That's incredible. And, and that's every day? Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday. Without Monday missing Friday. a day? Without missing a day? I mean, I, I might miss, you know, I, I give myself compassion sometimes if I do miss, like I missed on Tuesday. So that was, <clears throat> I missed Tuesday because my daughter's 10th birthday was on Monday. So we stayed up later, right? Got you. And, and so I wanted to give my daughter my perfect effort and my full focus. And so I didn't want to cheat her by going to bed at nine or 9.30, which I usually do. I wanted her to get the whole 24 hours of me. So we went to bed right around midnight which didn't allow me to get up that early, but right. you know, I got my workout in and did everything I still needed to do. And how long ago did you start these habits, Dwight, of waking up and, and getting this going? Uh, I probably started about, I say maybe about eight, nine months ago. Okay. Eight, nine months ago. I, I was the opposite. I was a night owl my entire life. Like I'm the guy who stays up till four, a.m. and then take a two-hour nap and get back up at six and take my kids to school and do all that before quarantine right. and all that stuff happened. And so uh, I decided that I wanted something different out of life, right? And so in order for me to have something different, I decided to try something different. And I started trying, going to bed early, waking up early and seeing what happens. And I, I love it. You know what I mean? Saturday, Friday to Saturday and Saturday to Sunday, my creative time. So I stay up extremely late on those nights. But uh, Monday through Friday is my routine. I, I learned a long time ago that the reward is in the routine. What, ha what kind of benefits have you seen from, from this morning routine? You know, you're eight, nine months in. It's been some time. What are some yeah. of the benefits that you're seeing? Uh, my energy is up. You know what I mean? My, my energy is up. And, yeah. and then I'm able to get a lot done before my family wakes up, right? Like, right. I'm big on being a family man, a husband, a husband of one wife. I got three phenomenal, amazing kids. And so I'm big on being very present with them when they're woke and so i'm trying to knock out as much as i can before they get up because i know that they're gonna desire my time and i want to give them my time and so uh i've seen me not only be able to get more done but also be more efficient and effective when it comes to being a father and a family man mm. yeah amen oh, that's, amen that's amazing yeah I, I admire that part of you i mean you have such a, an incredible background i mean you're still such a young guy but you've you've come such a long way um for all of our viewers listening and and the people watching why don't you tell them a little bit about how you got to where you are today? You know, give us a little walkthrough, you know, maybe where were you 10 years ago and what did you have to do um, to really get and grind each and every day? I see your shirt, dominate your day. Yeah. What did you have to do to dominate your day each and every day so you can, you know, become the successful man you are today? Definitely. So a brief backstory is um, I'm from Richmond, California. My mother was 17, father was 18. When they had me, unfortunately, they fumbled me early. Um, being young, being teenagers, addicted to the street life. And, and, you know, loving everything that came with it. They fumbled me, but fortunately, I had some phenomenal, some amazing, I put words together, phenomenal, amazing grandparents who came and recovered the fumble and ran with me for 18 long years. And as they were running with me, they were putting in all these values and, and characteristics that they 
felt like would help me become the man that I am today. And so uh, shout out to my grandparents. I love them so much. I would not be the man that I am. More importantly, I wouldn't even be alive. I know that for a fact, if it wasn't for them coming in and scooping me up. Um, went to Bishop O'Dowd High School in Oakland, California, played basketball, then went to Fresno State University, ran track, graduated in 2004 uh, with the a Bachelor of Science degree in child development, moved back to Richmond, started a nonprofit organization for about seven years, um, moved to Sacramento in 20, what is it, 2014. At that time, uh, I already had, you know, three kids, had a wife, and uh, just been moving and grooving ever since. But to answer the question that you asked in the middle was 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm 38. So 10 years ago is 28. Um, one, my daughter was just being born. And my life really shifted because of her, right? Like I'd already had my two phenomenal, amazing sons. Uh, Dwight Jr. is 18, just graduated from high school. Isaiah is 17, about to be a senior in high school. My daughter's getting ready to be a fifth grader. But I'd already had my boys. But when my daughter came, life just changed uh, dramatically for me. It, it was more of a sense of purpose, more of a sense of I need to be intentional instead of being irresponsible, right? Like I, I tell people all the time when I'm coaching them that we, we, we have two options, be intentional or be irresponsible. There's no gray area. It's black or white. You're intentional with your time or you're irresponsible. You're intentional with your actions or you're irresponsible. You're intentional with your words or you're irresponsible. And when my daughter was born, I was like, you know what? I need to be even more intentional than I was. And so because I made that decision as a father, then I made it as a husband, it just started to flow naturally into everything else that I did, business, personal, other other family members. So uh, that's it, just being intentional every single day. Yeah. For, for someone like you that you, you're so busy, you've been on TED, I see the sign behind you. You've been on TED yeah. Talks, you've been on a couple big too. platforms. That's you, I <laughs> see you, good, I see you, you're, you're looking good there. Looking you, you, good. you know, you, you again, going back to all the things that you've done. And again, I think the thing that I admire most about you is that you really take your family first. You know, a lot of people that are, are that may be in your position, they might have it backwards. You know, I see a lot of business uh, men and women, unfortunately, that they, you know, they're so caught up in their career that they don't really take the time to to nurture and to care for their family. I mean, you just mentioned it a minute ago that you sacrificed your own, you know, your own sleeping time, your own routine for your daughter that was turning 10. I, I just admire you. I just wanted to, to, to make that clear because that's, that's something that, you know, it needs to be credited to. So applaud you Appreciate for that. that. Appreciate it. And, and you know what? Let me, let me give the credit where it's due. That's my grandparents. Mm. Right. The only reason why I'm the family man that I am is because they are the family people that they are. My grandfather, who's my hero, he's about to be he's about to be 80 in seven days. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. he was the one um, who scooped me up 38 years ago and, and decided and made an intentional decision to help me become who I am today. And my grandfather, my grandmother and my grandmother on my mom's side, they were big on family and big on investing into family. And my grandfather was like, never ever become a public success and be a private failure. Mm. Never, yeah. never, never do that because you can go out there and be the greatest speaker, motivator, anything artist that you want to be. But when you come home, are you that to those people that matter most and they care about you most? And so uh, he, he laid that foundation early. So shout out to my grandfather pops. I know he probably watched this on the replay or something. So there we go. Yeah. There we go. Shout out to pops. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. You know, I have a chip on my shoulder. When I go do things, whatever has my name on it, I try to give it 100%. Why? Not because of me and how I'll look, but because so many people have invested into me being successful and invested into me being where I am today. So it's not about me. I don't care about me. It's not letting those people down. My parents, for example, my 
my family, my sisters, my, my cousins. It, I do it for them, right? So once you have a greater purpose and it's beyond you, like you said, that's when you really achieve greatness. That's when you go 100%. Um, I agree with you on that, man. And that's the truth. That is the truth. Um, a question that we ask all of our guests, Dwight, is how they define success. This is something that we're, we're I think all of us as humans, we're trying to search and find how do we, what yeah. is success? And everybody has different answers. I'm curious to know, what is your answer, Dwight? How do you define success? Yeah. So um, I literally was on a coaching call with a client yesterday and we were talking about how she defines success and, and encouraging her to define it because once we define something, then we can begin to design it, right? We mm -hmm. define it first and then we can design it. So the way that I define success is doing the best that I can with what I have where I am, period. Doing the best that I can with what I have right where I am. And um, the, the overarching theme of success for me is perfect effort right? Like that's all I'm about. I may not be a perfect person, but my effort can always be perfect. So I'm going to do the best that I can with what I have right where I am. And that's how I define success. I love that. I love that. One of my favorite uh, speakers, he's also, he's a pastor. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. His name is Mike Todd. Um, yeah, I'm familiar. I, I love that guy, man. I listen to a lot of his sermons. And something that he always says at the, at the end of his talks is, I'm not a perfect man, but I'm a progressive man. Um, 100%. And that's something that I take into account because it's like, wow, like there's so many people out there that are looking to be perfect. To your point, we're not perfect people. We can have perfect effort. And there's so many people out there searching to be perfect, searching for that perfection in, in their career, in their family business, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, we're not perfect. We're human being, you know, yeah. but, but what, what, something that we can be every, each and every day is progressive. If we get 1% better each and every day, then we're successful. That's right? all it's, yeah. I think, yeah, you, you hit it on the nail with that one, man. Um, my, next, my next question to you is, uh, is, you know, throughout, again, you're 38 years old. You, you've come a long way. I, I really want to pick your mind a little bit. Walk us through maybe a moment where you might have felt like giving up. Was there any, any time uh, maybe, you know, when you were younger or even now, you know, seasoned into your career, was there ever a moment or a time in, in your life that you really didn't have any, anything left in the tank that you just wanted to give up? Um, there's really only been one moment, you know, one moment where I really was ready to give up. And that's when it was made official that my wife and I were separating. So back in 2013, that was the time where I was ready to stop doing my business, uh, stop doing my music and, and really just going to let myself go and do whatever it is that I felt like doing in the moment. Um, that was really the only time that I've ever felt like giving up outside of that. There, there's no give up for me. There's no quit. Now, I will say on the flip side, right, there are some things that at times we need to let go of, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm usually the person who, who will go to the extreme. So I may not give up something or, or give up in something or feel like I'm just at my lowest moment. What I'll do, I'll, I might hold on to something a little bit too long, yeah. right? And um, in my book, Dominate Your Day, I talk about don't make up a reason for it to last longer than a season. When it's done, let it be done, yeah. right? When it's done, let it be done. That might be a thought that you have, an experience that you had, a relationship that you have. When it's done, let it be done. And so me, I'm less about giving up. I'm more about seeing this thing through, but I can have a tendency to hold on to something a little bit longer than I need to. Are there any tips that you have for people to be able to tell the difference between giving up, quitting, and just letting it go because those are very similar things and i feel a lot of people may struggle with that is that a personal thing like everybody has to find 
how to do it on their own? Or do you have some tips on that can generalize for everybody? Uh, I mean, it's, it's one tip, be self-aware. Mm. Like, do you have to know you, right? Um, if I talk to you on, on the phone or on a call and you tell me some specifics, then I can break it down for you and, and help you and, and ask you some quality questions to pull out the answer that you already have in you. But outside of that, be self-aware. Right. Know what it is that you want, know what you don't want, know what you're willing to sacrifice for, what you're willing to compromise for, what you love, what you don't love. Like know those things, know how long you're willing to hold on to something. Right. right. And, and know if right. that's healthy for you or not, because what's healthy for you two might not be healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I just say, be self-aware, get to know you. I tell people all the time, the person who knows him or herself, him or herself, the quickest wins the fastest, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. The person who knows him or herself, the quickest always wins the fastest. And so get to know you. Yeah. No, I was going to say that I've heard something in the past too, that it's, you know, the two most important days of your life are the day you're born. And the second is the day you find out why. And yeah, shout out to Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's the man. And he, it, it goes, you know, exactly to your point, you know, you have to be self-aware. And once you find, you know, that, that thing that might be, you know, holding you back that you might need to let go or the day that you find, you know, the reason why you were born, I mean, you know, the limit is it's limitless. You have no end right? It's, it's, it's just on and on and on. Um, yeah. I think, you know, something that is so, you know, thrown around a lot in the society that we live in, I'm sure you've heard it now, especially with social media being so present, is this word influencer, right? I feel yeah. like just because you might have a, a certain amount of followers on, on, on Instagram, you might be considered an influencer, you might get paid thousands of hundreds of dollars just to post a picture, right? I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, do you consider yourself an influencer? That's a great question, man. Y'all asking great questions. I'm loving what y'all doing. I just want to shout that out. I've been on, I don't know how many interviews over my, my lifetime. Um, there's not too many times where I enjoy being interviewed as much as I like to interview people and I'm enjoying this already. So I just want to shout that out. So um, to answer your question, I'll answer it, but let me make a statement. So in, in my book, I, I have a statement that says influencers influence because they know what influences and they know what influence is. I'm gonna say that again. Influencers influence because they know what influence is, C-E-S, and they know what influence is, right? And so for me, for me, it doesn't matter about social media. It doesn't matter about how many people, my focus on, on me, and, and I'll say this, I am an influencer. I am an influencer. And the way that I influence is by being authentic, by being transparent, and doing the thing that I love doing every day, which is adding value to people, mm. right? That's the only way that I influence. So I don't care if nobody's watching my videos, I'm putting out a video because one might watch it and that one might, might have their life changed and saved because of that. If I'm in my house, I'm influencing my wife, my three kids. If I'm around my siblings, I'm the oldest of seven, I'm influencing them. If I'm around my grandparents and my aunties and uncles and family, I'm influencing them by being authentic, by being transparent and adding as much value as possible. So yes, I'm an influencer, but the other stuff that other people might use as metrics, that's on them. You know what I mean? To yeah. each their own. That's just not how I get down. But going back to the statement I made, influencers influence. I influence because I know what influences people and I know what influence is, right? Influence for me leads to impact. Like I'm, I'm big on impacting people rather than impressing people. And if I have influence in somebody's life, because I've, I've built a bridge with them. If I have that influence, then I have an opportunity to impact them more than just impress them. Yeah. And if I may add too, I agree. If, if I may just add to that, 
it's just like your demeanor. I can tell it. We, we obviously don't have a, a relationship where we talk every day, Dwight. You know, this is one of the first times that we're talking to you. We've spoken previously, but just the way you carry yourself on this call right now on this podcast, it's, it's influential. Like I feel, I feel you're, I'm feeding off yeah. the energy you're giving out. So without even having too much of a influence or an impact, I mean, you are, you are. And, and that we're, I'm seeing you today for the first time, like face to face. And I already feel the vibes, the good energy coming. So you are already influencing, influencing us. And my point to saying that is some people have a gift. Some people just have it. You know, you walk into a room and you demand attention by just being there, by just being walking into a room, you're already influencing people by just them looking at you because you're giving off these vibes. And I feel that's who you are. When I talked to you, Dwight, on the phone the very first time, I told you, and I mean it, I'm a big fan of Eric Thomas. You remind me a lot of Eric Thomas. You know, the same if you, if, for our viewers out there and listeners, if you know who Eric Thomas is, you must be thinking about Dwight too at the same time. Um, that, that, that's my two cents, man. Shout out to ET. I met ET back in 2016. We were uh, speaking at the same engagement. Shout out to ET. Oh, yeah? So you, you've talked to ET before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's awesome, man. He's, he's one of the best, I think. Yeah. He's one of the best for sure. Dwight, I want to ask you a question. This is a very important question as well, because as you know, a lot of our viewers and listeners are business-minded individuals, college people that are starting up their own startups, and they all struggle. They all ask us the same question of, Anthony, Gabe, how can I instill a culture of positivity? How can I instill a good culture? And we've talked to different CEOs that have been by our podcast, and we ask them the same question as well. I'm curious to know what kind of culture, first of all, what kind of culture do you, lead, do you give to the people around you, family, clients, et cetera, and how do you do that? Yeah. So uh, the culture that I give to everybody that I come in contact with is the culture built around encouragement. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like I make sure that I'm encouraging two people a day. Sometimes those two people include myself and somebody else, but I'm always staying in a space where I'm encouraging. Why? Because encouragement goes back to my foundation, which is adding value. Right. So I'm always trying to add value to people. And the best way for me to add value is to encourage you encourage you in whatever way it, it might be right now. You know what I mean? Like I lo I'm loving that shirt. So if I were to see you and didn't even know you, I'll say, man, I love that shirt. Where'd you get it from? That's a dope shirt. It looks dope on you. I don't know if I could rock it like you can rock it. And, and that's genuine, right? That's sincere for me because that's just who I am. And so encouragement is one piece, but the other piece, um, the culture that, that my grandfather began to build, still building, and now I'm basically the mantles being passed to me is a, a culture of servant leadership. Like that's, that's just what it comes down to. My grandfather always said, lead others by serving them well. S-O-W, so serve others well. He said, lead them by serving them, right? He said, the best leaders are the greatest servants. So one of the, one of the things that I'm focused on is just serving others all the time, you know? And that goes to one of my principles that I live by that I got from my grandfather pops as well. He says, leave people, places, and things better than you found them. Yeah. That's it. Leave people, places, and things better than you found them. No matter who you come in contact with, no matter where you go, no matter what's in your possession, leave people, places, and things better than you found them. And if we can be intentional and not irresponsible, if we can be intentional about doing that, then not only will our world look better and be a better place, but the world will be better and be a better place. So uh, that's the type of culture that I'm rocking with. And so I would tell any listener out there who's trying to create a culture, you got to be it first, right? Like you, you have to authentically be the culture that you want to see. That's the first thing you have to do. You can't try to fabricate or manufacture or make up something, right? You have to actually be it, exemplify it and be the example. So, uh, that's my encouragement to every listener out there. Be it. 
Like be authentic, be transparent, be exactly that. And here's how you be it. Just be you. Just be you. Like that's it. Every single day, make sure you are being you every moment, second, minute, hour of every day, every week, every month, every year, for decades until you die, be you, period. And then authentically, whatever is in you will come out of you. And that's the culture you'll build around you. Yeah. That's such a, that's such an interesting point because I mean, like you said about, you know, leaving everything, everybody and every place better than you found it. A lot of people today, they, they're only thinking about themselves. You know, we have this selfish mentality that if that doesn't benefit me, if I can't get something out of it, I'm not going to do anything. Right. But we're not thinking of the next person up, you know, in, in your, in your case, when you leave something better than you found it, you're not thinking about yourself, but you're thinking about the next person coming behind you. Right. right. And that's such a good example to leave because especially going forward, whether it's the CEOs out there listening or just the kids in college, you know, they want to leave a good example. They, they need to stop worrying so much about themselves and, and yeah. put themselves in a position where they can lead and influence the next person up. So yeah. I, I love that you made that point. You know, my, my, and I would say, I would say, make things bigger than you. You know what I mean? Like, just, just make, it, make it bigger than you. It's not all about you. Make it bigger than you. And when you make it bigger than you, it will push you to not give up or give in as easily because we innately don't want to let other people down. We'll let ourselves down, right? Yeah. If, I, if I say to myself, I'm going to do, do one push-up every day for the entire year. So that's 365 push-ups, one push-up a day. If I tell myself and don't tell you two phenomenal, amazing gentlemen that I'm going to do that, and I only say it to myself, then by day 242, when I don't feel like doing it, I might let myself down and go, ah, it's all right. Nobody really know, nobody tripping. But if I tell you and I say, and I'm going to post a video and y'all going to stay on top of me on day 248, it's going to be about 11.55 p.m. And you're going to be like, man, Dwight, we didn't see no video. I'm like, oh, shoot, let me get my push up in, yeah. right? Because we don't want to let other people down. So make it bigger than you, right? Accountability. And then accountability around you. So that's yeah. that. That's so good. Yeah, Dwight, you know, you've been, again, it, it amazes me how, how far you've come and, and you're still such a young guy. I, I guess my next question is, I'm curious to know how much of your success do you, do you attribute to your work ethic, your, you know, your hard work, your determination, and how much do you maybe attribute to luck? You know, we talk a lot about with a lot of people and some of them do say, yeah, I've got, you know, if I wasn't there at that time, I got lucky. You know, some of them say, no, it was all my own hard work. It was all my own my own determination. I'm curious to know, do you attribute any of your success, success to, to luck or, or not at all? Zero, zero. Um, proper preparation prevents poor performance, right? Mm. The listener said that five times fast. <laughs> proper <laughs> preparation prevents poor performance. I learned a long time ago that when opportunity meets preparation, great things happen, yeah. right? And so I'm always over preparing for every single thing that I desire and that I hope for. So never luck. And I just don't live by luck. I live by God. And so I, I believe that God is a purposeful God. And so um, there's no luck with anything that I do. And I would say maybe 25 to 30% of my success or however somebody wants to look at it comes from the work ethic. It comes from determination. It does come from me having a unique skill set. And so, uh, but I would attribute that to about 30 to 35%. The other 70 to 65 percent is god and him telling me to stay prepared amen brother amen you just follow you're just listening here your job is just to listen and follow and, and lead the way. that's it 1, i love 000. that do you have a story of maybe that you can share with us of you being in a negative situation where you made it out or how you handled it um every day 
<laughs> all right, all right. Every day, man. Every day, I'm I'm literally around people that the old me would probably fight. Like we wouldn't even talk. I'm I'm from Richmond, California. It's it's not too much talking going on. If you disrespect me, then you already know what time it is. Um, but now I'm like, my bigger goal is to add value to this person. My bigger goal is to encourage this person. My bigger goal is for hopefully when I'm long gone that person will speak well to my kids about me, right? And so I'm looking at the bigger picture, going back to the push-ups. I make this thing bigger than me, right? What if my daughter is stranded on the road in five years and she's driving and the person who, who I've been interacting with, who's been mean to me, but I've been encouraging to them, happens to see my daughter and recognizes my daughter on the road. I want that person, even if they don't care about me, to go, man, I don't really like her dad, but her dad is so cool. He be encouraging me. Let me help out his daughter right now. Like, that's what I'd look for. I, I make it bigger than me. Mm. Yeah. You're, you're leaving a legacy, ultimately. 100%. And I love that. I love that. Yeah, that we, Anthony and I, we always talk about leaving a legacy. It's bigger than ourselves. We're yeah. young guys. We're, we're 19 and 20 years old, but we have obviously a lifetime to live, but we're looking at, like you mentioned, that bigger picture. We, right. want, we want our grandkids' kids to be talking about the success that we had and what we, how we impacted them and how we influenced them to do what they're doing. Dwight, um, you have, I'm sure this whole quarantine kind of might've messed up your schedule as far as, you know, speaking engagements and events and stuff. I'm sure you've adapted um, and innovated in that way. Um, what's, what's next for you? What's next for Dwight Taylor senior? Um, and what can we expect in the next couple of years from you? Definitely. Um, next couple of years. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm, I respond well to every moment, second minute, hour of the day. Um, but what, what is next on the horizon right now? I literally just launched uh, my coaching business. So, that's what's going on right now. Uh, just recently got a corporate client, then got some more clients. And so the things are rolling. So if there's anybody listening right now looking for a certified transformational coach who, who wants to become better personally or professionally, I'm that guy. You know what I mean? Like I said before, I have a unique skill set um, and, and it comes and, it, and it's focused on effective communication wrapped in empathy. Right. And so just being able to help people become their best. So that's that. Um, getting ready to launch our nonprofit. You all are the first people. I'm, let me tell you, you're the first people that's knowing this publicly. My wife and I um, restarted our nonprofit. And so we're getting ready to launch our nonprofit soon. So we're at the, the tail end of that. Recently just got our board of directors. And um, I can't say the name yet, or, or my wife might have me sleeping on the couch. But um, <laughs> when, when we drop the name and all that stuff, you all will be the first to know. But uh, we're excited about it because we get a chance to impact underserved communities um, with the goal to be, you know, those communities not be underserved anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and they be thriving and they be strengthening. So uh, those are the, the, the big things on my horizon outside of trying to um, have my wife fight with one of her friends about who has the best husband. Like I'm, I'm always on that. <laughs> you know I mean, I, I want my wife and my kid, I want my kids to be at school fighting. Like my daddy better than yours because <laughs> right. And, and it'd be genuine. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm doing every day. That's awesome. <laughs> there, man. We go. Oh, man. there we go. That's where awesome. can our viewers and our listeners find you? Where can they reach out to you? Websites, Instagram, where are you at? Yeah. Yeah. Dwight Taylor, sr.com D W I G H T T A Y L O R S R.com. Instagram, Dwight Taylor SR, Twitter, Dwight Taylor SR, uh, YouTube, same thing. And um, yeah, shoot me, a, shoot me a, a message, a DM, whatever it is. And I'm here to help. I'm here to be a servant. I don't just talk about it. I am about it. And so uh, that's it.
I love, man. I love what you're about. I love the energy you gave. I'm, I'm definitely leaving different than I started with this podcast with you, man. So if you, I'm ready to, I'm ready to kill it. I'm about to run five miles right now. <laughs> but, but it's a pleasure having you on, brother. Thank you so much, and and we'll have you on again for sure. Let's do it. Appreciate y'all. Awesome. What's up, everyone? And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mindset Podcast. Dwight is such a great guy and he is doing some incredible things and I hope you're motivated after listening. I know I am. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and even consider sharing it. It helps so much. And remember to dominate your day. See ya.